Hey everybody, welcome back to Ubaldi Reports. Now last night, President Donald Trump spoke to a joint session of Congress. Now this was a unique speech because in the last month since he took office on January 20th, it has been very contentious beyond just the executive orders, the immigration ban, the refugee ban, especially of those seven affected countries and a host of other things. And then also the Democratic Party has challenged him at every step of the way. Even on all his cabinet uh, choices, they really were animist about his new selection as um, for the Supreme Court. So Donald Trump went into this speech almost having to really hit it out of the park. He really had to redefine his presidency and let the American people know where he's going beyond the tweets, beyond the bombastic statements. Now, People can fault him for either way, but that speech last night really cemented his his presidency. Now, there was, a, I think David Brinkley, a renowned historian, said, this changed Donald Trump from me being a mere partisan candidate to now being a president of the United States. But what we'll do is when we'll go into the speech, we'll kind of analyze the, 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 the good points, bad points, and some of the reactions especially from the the Democratic Party because they're in the opposition right now in Washington. And just to recap, the Republicans controlled the White House. They controlled the Senate by 52 um, seats. They have a two-seat majority, and they control the Senate. I mean, excuse me, the House. This is the largest Republican majority in Washington since the late 19, since the, uh, the 1920s. And this is probably the worst showing for the Democrats pretty much since the 1920s. Since uh, Barack Obama was elected president, they've lost the House, they've lost the Senate, now they've lost the, the executive branch, the presidency, and numerous governorships and state legislatures across um, the country to the tune of well over uh, a 1,000 electoral, I mean, election, elected seats. So the Democratic Party is in um, a soul-searching, and we, they had their little... Um, vote of who would be the president, I mean, who's going to run the DNC and Tom Perez, the former labor secretary under um, Barack Obama, won. And now they're going to have to decide which direction they're going. But for last night, we'll just talk strictly on the um, President Trump speaking in a joint session of Congress. Now, he came in and his biggest mantra throughout the speech was return America to greatness. That's all he kept saying. We're going to return to America to greatness. And he kind of laid out what he would do from immigration, tax reform, the economy. These are some of the things that he was going to he's going to tackle. The other issue Donald Trump mentioned repeatedly is infrastructure. He criticized the wars in the Middle East. How we sent six trillion dollars abroad. We could have used that six trillion in um, America fixing our aging infrastructure. Now, he did mention that he wants to do a private uh, partnership with government, much attuned to what President Eisenhower did in the 1950s when they built the interstate highway system across the, um, the country. Now, he first laid out some of the things he's done since he took office. He said he saved the country billions of dollars, you know, dropped the debt a little bit. I mean, uh, $20 billion is not a lot of money to a $20 trillion economy, but at least it's something to get started with. And this is basically what he was saying. He also talked about the numerous country, uh, companies that are remaining here in the United States, such as Ford, such as Carrier, and some other companies. He mentioned that these companies now are going to start investing billions of dollars 
into the um, the United States economy. So we'll have to see how this all plays out. Now, he did lay out kind of a dig at President Obama and the Democrats. And, you know, both, to be fair, Republicans are doing it. Democrats did the same thing when Barack Obama was president. So you kind of expected that. But what he did is he laid out the problems of the last years, last eight years economically. Now, we all remember the financial crisis, the financial collapse in 2008 and early 2009. And I know the Democrats keep repeating this, that, that, that issue. This is what we inherited. But what he, Donald Trump mentioned is since the recovery took, started in June of 2009, and this is reported by the Commerce Department and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, that that's when the recession ended, that this has been the weakest economic recovery in the last 65, 70 years. And specifically after a severe downturn, typically when you have a severe downturn in the economy, the economy comes roaring back. Well, that hasn't been the case. Now, the GDP for the fourth quarter of 2016 was 1.9, and the average did out for the whole year was 1.6. And that was the lowest level of GDP since 2011. The GDP for the nation regarding our economy, has not been above 3% since 2005. And Donald Trump repeatedly went into that of the, um, the problems in the economy where more Americans are out of the labor force to the tune of about 94 uh, million people. More Americans are on food stamps. More Americans are on welfare. More Americans are having difficulty finding jobs. Most of the jobs out there are part-time. A lot of people who are in prime working um, age cannot find work. He also mentioned the debt or the national debt has increased exp you know, exponentially in the last eight years. He mentioned that the previous president, President Obama, has increased the national debt in his time in office more than any pres all the presidents from George Washington to um, George Bush Jr. combined. And this is why we're at uh, $20 trillion. Now, he did mention that he wants to fix this. So he said, we, get, we can do better. We've got to get Americans back to work. We want people who can get jobs to have jobs. He mentioned the executive order he signed on the Keystone XL pipeline and the Dakota Access pipeline that can create thousands of jobs. He wants to make sure that the steel for the pipe is made and forged here in America. He repeatedly talked about reforming the tax code since we have the highest corporate tax rate in the industrialized world, which really hampers business. So the question is, how is that going to become? He wants to keep it low. It's, I mean, he says 15%, but I think he could settle at 20%. So the devil's in the details, see what happens there. The biggest issue is immigration. And this is where he got the groan of the Democrats. He says, I have ordered the Department of Homeland Security to create an office to serve American victims, excuse me, American victims. The office is called Voice, Victims of Immigration Crime Enactment. We are providing a voice to those who have been ignored by our media and silenced by our special interests. Meaning what he's highlighting is those who Americans who've had their loved ones killed or become a victim of crime from illegal immigration. Now, and I'll get to this later when it comes to the optics of the, um, the speech last night. He did highlight a couple law enforcement officials who were killed by illegal immigrants who were 
had long criminal backgrounds and also were deported numerous times. He mentioned a father who lost his 17-year-old son to an illegal immigrant who was a gang member, killed his son, so he highlighted that. And I know the Democrats were bringing in people who were illegal immigrants to the um, the well of the Congress, at least in the audience, but they weren't really showcased last night. This was all on Donald Trump and his optics. But So he's really putting a, um, a big push on immigra- immigrants, and he wants to put a wall on the border. He emphasized that last night. And he wants to say, hey, we want immigrants to come here, but we want it done legally. So it will be interesting to see what the de- – again, the devils are in the details of what he wants to do, but he pretty much set the marker. This is what he's going to do and how he's arresting people, individuals who are illegals, who have criminal backgrounds. So I know there's been an angst among across the country about this proposal, especially with the sanctuary cities, which are many cities across the country will not do anything with ICE, the Immigration Customs and Enforcement Arm that arrest illegal immigrants. So we'll have to see we go from here. The one big um, thing that Republicans jumped up on is – President um, Trump wants to repeal and replace Obamacare. He said that's been a disaster. He did it more, a little more eloquently than he did on the campaign trail. But he wants to repeal and replace Obamacare. The question is, it's a very complex. He mentioned that last night. It's extremely complex. The question is, how do you cover those 20 million? I think it's about 20 million who got it under Obamacare. But they are pretty much primarily pushed over into the Medicaid expansion. So it's going to be interesting how they do this because you don't want to kick these people off, but you want to make sure that the costs are low. And he did mention that we were told that, and this is what got people, this is what people understand. This is one of the reasons why Donald Trump was elected. The middle class who are paying for Obamacare. People were tired of their premiums going up. They can't keep the same doctor. And the costs skyrocketed. And they lost their uh, own um Healthcare plan. So then they were told it was all going to drop and it wasn't going to cost them anything. They would they would save some money. And then when the new enrollment period came out March, I mean, excuse me, November of 2016, and a week prior to that, President Obama said you would be able to um, you're going to see a 25 percent on average increase in your health care health care plan. So people are like, I'm tired of this. So this is one of the things. And this is also one of the the issues that are hurting small business. So we've just got to see how this plays out. And this is why a lot of small businesses are leaving the economy. This is one of the reasons, not the only reason, but this is why one of the the reasons small businesses are leaving the economy. Now, he did pivot over to education, and he says, I am calling upon members of both parties to pass an education bill that funds school choice for disadvantaged youth, including millions of African-American Latino children. These families should be free to choose the public, private, charter, magnet, religious, or homeschool that is right for them. And he's really putting a big premium on this because the inner cities have seen their children go to the most decrepit schools and nothing seems to change. So we'll have to see how this goes. And I know Betty DeVos, his education secretary, who had to come in and was selected on a strictly partisan vote, and it came down to Vice President Mike Pence, making the ultimate arbitrator to move it over 51 to 50. So we'll have to see how this goes. He did touch on the inner city, specifically Chicago. Obviously, that's Barack Obama's hometown. And he mentioned that the crime rate is, or the murder rate is higher now 
than this time last year, which was a which was a record setting. So he did mention that. And again, I go back to this issue: is the um, the optics, and you know, all presidents do this. They invite individuals. President Obama did it. Obviously, now Donald Trump did. This started, you know, 35 almost 40 years ago with President Ronald Reagan. He's the one that brought guest to the um, State of the Union address or any joint session of Congress that he's speaking in front of. So um, President Trump did the same thing. But he really did a, a remarkable thing. He kind of neutered the opposition. He brought key individuals, like the police officers that were killed by illegal immigrants. He, um, he brought a minority father who lost, their 17, he lost his 17-year-old son to an illegal immigrant who has been deported numerous times and now is back in the country, had a criminal background. But the, the largest show of display of applause, and even for Democrats as well, was when he recognized, and I can't think of the person's name right now, and I apologize for that, the widow of the Navy SEAL who was killed in, Leb, um, in Yemen. And he did make pains to point out that this raid resulted in great intelligence bonanza. And that's what he mentioned General Mattis told him because the way it was portrayed was, especially there was a father of that Navy uh, SEAL, criticized the raid, criticized Donald Trump, and he made it shot. He made, made specifically points to say this wasn't the case. But his widow of that Navy SEAL was in the... Um, was in the audience and he mentioned her did a very good job of praising that navy seal and his wife and she, they got like a two-minute standing ovation for her and she looked up to the heavens thanking her husband how i love you and she broke down and she was right next to e, um, ivanka trunk so it was that was it i mean optics play a factor so i think that this played the key optics from a PR marketing standpoint was done very effectively. You know, it neutered a lot of things that the Democrats did because the Democrat, there was one Democratic leader wasn't going to shake Barack, I mean, um, President Trump's hand. And then also they pretty much sat the whole time. They only got, came, you know, rose to their feet maybe once or twice. A couple individual senators rose to their feet when he mentioned the Supreme Court choice that he picked and then Joe Manchin rose to his feet when he mentioned coal and some other issues so I'm not sure how that's going to play I think it wasn't a good idea for the Democrats to do that they have to be seen as working with them but I know their base has other ideas and that's where Tom Perez the Democratic national chair is going to have to wedge that tightrope because his number two person he picked is Keith Ellison he was the very impassionate Bernie Sanders Elizabeth Warren selected candidate didn't win so there's a lot of animus on that side so we'll have to see um what he does now the one thing that he donald trump he talked about foreign policy a little bit didn't talk he talked we're going to defeat isis didn't really go into specific because i know general mattis is was uh, tasked days after his admitted um he was inaugurated to do with um to come to him and state how you would defeat ISIS on the battlefield. So he was given 30 days to come up with something, at least a preliminary. So I know um, General Mattis is coming up with something, talking with his um, his military commanders, his com combat commanders, and also the State Department, some other individuals are going to have a say into this. 
So it'll be interesting to see what's devil's in the details because you can defeat ISIS, but you got to think what comes next. What about Iran? What about, excuse me, what about Iran? What about Russia? What about Turkey and Assad in Syria? All these countries have play a factor in Iraq and Syria. So it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with. Now, the one thing that was left out is the national debt. Now, in deference to, well, not even deference, both Republicans and Democrats all clamor about the national debt, but no one does anything about it. Now, Donald Trump mentions that we're going to spend $55 billion on the, on, on the military. And he said this is the biggest spending on the military ever. Well, it's not quite accurate. Ronald Reagan had bigger spending. So did George W. Bush. So, But every president flowers up their rhetoric. But the one thing he never talked about is how do you reduce the $20 trillion debt? Now, one aspect is he did mention this without actually saying this. He wants to get the economy rolling again. That's one aspect. If you got to get, it's like a family. If you're struggling, you got to get more income coming in. And at the same time, you got to reduce your spending. So the case in point is to get more spending and get the economy moving. More Americans are working. That means more money coming in. He did say reduce the tax code. So if you reduce the tax code and drop it down to 15%, you get that $3 trillion that's parked overseas. Investment can happen here. There's another way to grow the economy. The other issue that he kind of touched on with the regulatory side is every new regulation has to be offset by getting rid of two, new, two old regulations. He did task every department agency to do a regulatory overhaul to see what can they get rid of that doesn't impact the safety and concerns of Americans. So I'll have to see how that goes because everybody talks to that. He's the one that went one step further, but let's see how that goes. Okay, so that said, you got to bring more money in and you got to cut spending. But then you also got to look at the budget. Now, Donald Trump also says he doesn't want to do anything with Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Well, 65, almost 70% of the budget is entitlement spending, Social Security, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and interest on the debt. So the only way to reduce the debt, you've got you to overhaul those programs. The problem is that is discretionary spending. That means it's locked in. The only way you can change that is you have to pass a law to change the spending on those programs. The non-discretionary is like defense and you know, like your water bill and all that stuff. You can cut that, but that's, that's maybe 20% of the budget. You've got to get to the other 70, 65, 70% of the budget, and nobody wants to tackle that. So he never really stated how he would reduce the national debt without touching those programs. That's the thing that needs to be seen, and that's what Donald Trump did not focus on. And maybe that was by design, because no other, no, no presidential candidate likes to touch, like the third rail of politics. Touch that and die. Pretty much it. So, I mean, it was overall, it was a good speech. I think it made him look more presidential. It wasn't dark like it was during the inaugural. It'll be interesting to see how he works across the party lines. It'll be interesting to see if Democrats will work with him because their base doesn't want him to work, doesn't want them to work with him at all. Now, that could hamper them if the economy starts to improve, considering in 2018, 30 senators are up for re-election, 25 are Democrats, 10 are from states won by Trump, 5 are come from states Trump won by double digits. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. 
Uh, that's politics. We'll have to see how this goes in the next year, year and a half. But hey, that's the way it is. He decided to be president, and now he's got a lead, so the buck stops with him. So the question is, let's see, let's see what's next. So we'll keep doing these on these podcasts, kind of analyzing this um, President Trump and just see where we see where we go and see how we can fix these problems. But the one legacy is the economy. So that's what he's got to get jump-started, and I think that's why most Americans voted for him. Also, if you get a chance, go get my book. It's called The New Business Brigade, The Veteran Dynamic Impact on U.S. Business, primarily meaning why businesses should hire veterans and the untapped resource they represent. So get it. You can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any major book manufacturer will have that book. Hey, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of this podcast or any podcast, what you want to hear or listen to. I'll try to analyze it, do some research. So let me know what you think. Ask a question. Go to Stitcher or iTunes. Leave messages. Leave questions. I'll bring those questions up in the next podcast. Go to my website, UbaldiReports.com. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter under Ubaldi Reports. And just let me know what you think. But it's time that we hold our elected officials accountable because if we don't, you know they won't. So let's get our, um, our country back so we can create jobs, opportunity for Americans, and let's move forward. Again, until next time, welcome to Ubaldi Reports. And until next time, we'll see what the next topic is. All right, have a good day and have a great week.